This is the Erasing Shame Podcast, Season 3. Honest talk for healthy living, growing, and thriving. I'm actually joined by uh, Assistant Professor Amanda Solomon. Uh, Amanda, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? I know that you do a lot of great work here, and uh, we are on site in your office. Thanks for having us in your um, your space. Yeah, thanks for coming all the way down to campus when it's so complicated. Um, so I'm Amanda Solomon Amaral. I'm an assistant teaching professor at UC San Diego. I also did my master's and my PhD here in the literature and cultural studies department. And my specialty of research is Filipino culture and Filipino literature. Mm-hmm. And currently I'm director of the Dimensions of Culture program on campus. And we teach first year writing through an exploration of diversity, justice, and imagination. So it's a really rewarding job in which I get to guide first year students through an exploration of really difficult topics like mm. their own identity, questions of race, gender, class, um, nationality, citizenship, and hopefully teach them how to write (laughs) at the same time about those topics and those issues. Yeah, those are really deep stuff. I mean, I know I'm going through a lot of recognizing Mm -hmm. deeper identity stuff as well in my life. Um, What are some things that you actually start off with to even prompt someone to start engaging in those questions? (laughs) Yes, well, because we're an academic program, it's in the context of helping them learn how to read academic articles, right? So one of the first things we start off in our first quarter, which is called diversity, is reading a really important text by ethnic studies scholars named Michael Olmi and Howard. Well, not actually, they are Berkeley. Michael Olmi is at Berkeley, your alma mater. And they have a theory about race called racial formation theory, in which they argue, they're sociologists, that all of our meanings about race are formed, right, by the society that we are born into, right? Mm-hmm. That there are not universal inevitable characteristics associated with skin color it's that you know skin color happens right people are born with certain skin colors skin tones and society puts meaning on those Mm. on those skin tones and then over time those meanings become really hardened and really enforced by social structures and cultural representations and for better for worse they have really powerful material consequences on our life and so for example as a filipina right as a pinai there's this perception well you know it's kind of funny one but like all pinai should be nurses right mm. all filipinas will be nurses and it's not that like naturally filipinos are more loving or more caring or like enjoy you know blood and hospital <laughs> naturally yeah it's that there are like these really clear historic conditions that mm-hmm. shaped Filipinos to go into the medical field, mm-hmm. mostly because it allowed them, it helped them immigrate to the United States yeah. right, um, during certain periods. And, you know, then we have this sort of perception passed on, right, that parents can see that if you're in a medical profession, your life prospects improve. And yeah. so they push their children towards being doctors or nurses when that may not be really genuinely what they want, right? Mm. And so for my first year students, they're 17, 18, 19, and especially if I have some Filipinos, we talk about that, you know what I mean? That gap between these racialized meanings, right, that are formed in society, imposed upon us, that we can come into conflict with. Mm. Um, And so most of my teaching is trying to get these like big, theories, these big concepts of social difference and social hierarchy, and helping make it digestible so students can have a language and a vocabulary to 
articulate their own experiences mm -hmm. and their own challenges. And do you notice differences for people who were born here in the U.S. versus those who came here as a mm -hmm. child and how that affects their identity? Yeah, I mean, because it complicates it, right? Because, like, um, you know, going with the Filipino example, there can be a really dominating idea of what it means to be Filipino. But not all people, not all Filipinos participate in that idea in similar ways. So, mm -hmm. for example, you know, there's a lot of um, intergroup conflict when you think about uh, Filipino Americans who want to distinguish themselves from newly immigrated mm -hmm. Filipinos, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure your program has talked about this, right? The, the fresh off the boat phenomena, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. Versus um, Asian American or Philam or, or those who have grown up, mm -hmm. right, in the United States. And, and then, again, that's a question of power and definition, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well... Am I less Filipino because I don't speak Tagalog proficiently, mm -hmm. right? Am I less Filipino if I don't um, practice, right, quote-unquote Filipino traditions mm -hmm. or wear cultural markers really visibly, yeah. right? Um, and then that becomes a way for intergroup conflict to happen, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, to keep with the theme of your podcast, for shaming yeah. to happen, right? That, like you're not really Filipino, you don't speak, you don't speak the language. You're not really mm -hmm. Filipino. You've never been to the Philippines, right? You're not really Filipino. You're um, whitewashed, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're just Americanized. And, and that causes, can cause a lot of pain, mm -hmm. right? Between groups that you think would have more in common than less. Yeah. But in some cases, there's that intergroup conflict because it's happening within a larger system of white supremacy and, and racism, right? Mm -hmm. That, it's kind of that um, we're practicing against each other what we don't practice we what we don't want practiced against ourselves mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah right? inner group conflict yeah, yeah I feel like every culture has yeah. that yeah uh, it's a little complicated because you know we all just want to be able to be more united however yeah. for some reason um, there is that natural tendency to want to separate um do you feel like it's harder for one group than the other within the filipino community like those who immigrated here at a later age versus those who are born here or just the challenges look different i think the challenges look different um and i think yeah partly it's a there's you know competition between human beings in general just sort of exists but yeah. i also think and this is something i really push my students to think about is that these intergroup competitions whether it's between you know, Philam and Filipino, mm -hmm. right? Always happen within a larger structural context, mm -hmm. you know? And we cannot lose sight of the fact that the United States, even though it has a beautiful narrative of the American dream and a beautiful narrative of, as an immigrant nation, mm -hmm. racism is built into the pie. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like racism is built into laws and policies and social structures mm -hmm. and cultural representations. And so, that intergroup conflict, let's say, between Philam and Filipino is always happening in the larger context of colonialism, capitalism, white mm. supremacy. And so, you know, we, in, in our American society in particular, it's a very competitive society, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And unity is great, but, you know, I know my, my parents were not idealistic fools, you know what I mean? They knew that if you can have a really good education, if you speak English as well as you possibly can, yeah, you're going to succeed more. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like they recognize 
the inequity. Yeah. And, you know, and, they, and they, for better or for worse, you know, there's a reason why Philams don't speak um, Tagalog as proficiently as newly arrived. It's because English is a very valuable language, yeah. right, to succeed in the United States. So I always try to talk to my students about there, there's absolutely the individual and individual struggle, individual desires and individual power, but we always have to always recognize the individual operates in a system and we don't control the system. We're born into the system. Mm -hmm. And how do we recognize the way the system operates and how do we, how do we negotiate that and navigate mm -hmm. that and understand that and recognize the impacts it has on us? Yeah. Know? And because you were huh. so involved with the Filipino community and it is actually Asian American mm -hmm. Filipino uh, history yeah, month yeah. right now, it's pretty yeah. exciting. Um, what would you say about the experiences of Filipinos here in America maybe that are unique mm. to a lot of the other Asian communities here yeah. that people may or may not always be aware yeah, of? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is that um, the United States had direct control of the Philippine Islands for 50 years, right? Mm -hmm. From 1898 to 1946. And that was a huge shaper of Philippine culture and the Philippine mm -hmm. nation, right? I mean, the education system that the institute, the public education system that the United States instituted in that period was entirely in English, mm -hmm. right? So you have a whole generation of Filipinos who studied Shakespeare, you know, and who like intimately learned yeah. about the United States, not because they were in the U.S., but mm -hmm. because the U.S. was there in the Philippines, right? Yeah, yeah. And then because everyone um, speaks English, yeah, as part of the national yeah, language. I mean, it which is common. Yeah, in all of the other Asian countries. No, I mean the national language of the Philippines is Filipino. It's it's not a single indigenous dialect or native dialect. Mm -hmm. It's this like combination of Tagalog and English and other words, right? Yeah. Um, so um, the Philippines is is very much defined by U.S. and Spanish colonialism, mm -hmm. and it's very. Um, it's just a mixed place. You know, you have Chinese, Malaysian, Islamic mm -hmm. influence. Mm -hmm. uh, again, the really indelible presence of the United States and Spanish um, empire. And so I think when Filipinos immigrate and even Filipinos in the Philippines, there's a lot of um, recurring themes in the literature, the history and the sort of study of the islands in terms of like confusion, like identity confusion. Yeah. Like, like so many, yeah, so here, many struggling to figure that out. <laughs> like so many influences, you know. I mean, you just go to a Filipino party, and it's like, oh, Pancit looks like chow mein, and then there's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, but you all have Spanish last names, mm -hmm. and like, but you also all speak English, mm -hmm. and so um, I think, I think that's why like the visibility of Filipinos, even in like U.S. popular culture, is not as obvious because like it's like what do you make of this group what of do you people mean the visibility well i'm just thinking about like crazy rich asians uh -huh. right or like if you look at um, fresh off the boat okay you know i mean in general popular culture representations of asians yeah popular culture is mostly east asian mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um and i think that partly it's because you know there's this kind of like exotification and like you know oh you know the orient is so mysterious and, and you know magical but then when you think of filipino it's like what are you like you're like because they consider the filipino community brown yeah the brown right? like the what, is the Asian what is it what is wong calls jungle asians yeah. <laughs> yeah. so like yeah. how does that make you feel in terms of you know 
identifying in that way. Do you guys identify, do you feel, in the larger context as Asian, mm. Pacific Islander? Mm. What's the right? Yeah, so I mean, we were just talking about this before we started filming. I think that's a really contested question because even on our campus at UCSD, Filipinos disaggregated from the, the demographics of the institution. Mm -hmm. There's this massive Asian category, mm -hmm. right, which includes East Asians, South Asians, and Southeast Asians. Mm -hmm. Then there's a smaller Pacific Islander category, and then there's Filipino. Yeah, okay. Right? So even, even at my institution, I think the recognition of the complexity of Filipino is, mm -hmm. is noted by the fact that they disaggregate that data, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Because um, I've, I've known... I've known people who are of Filipino descent who radically identify differently. Some, mm -hmm. some identify themselves as Pacific Islander. Some identify themselves as Southeast Asian. Mm, really? Mm -hmm. Some really identify nice. themselves as Asian American. Some identify themselves as just Filipino, mm -hmm. right, as standalone. Um, so for me, when I self-identify, I say Filipino, mm -hmm. but... I believe in the power of like pan-ethnic coalition. Mm -hmm. So I, if Filipino is not an option, I choose Asian, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I know others who don't, right? Yeah. Because they don't feel an affinity with, yeah. with Asian, usually as defined by East Asian yeah. culture. Because sometimes yeah. I, I always think about that for myself. I'm like, you know, we're very similar in mm -hmm. our culture because I'm Vietnamese Chinese yeah. and I had a, a lot of Filipino friends living here in San Diego. Right. But at the same time, there's a very different sort of camaraderie, yeah. teamwork, collaboration within the community, mm -hmm. a lot of celebration yeah. and just fun and festivities. Yeah. And it's just a different sort of yeah. culture, right? Yeah, we all yeah. have a different culture, but for um, Filipinos particularly, mm -hmm. those are the things that really stand out for me. Yeah. And yeah. Um, expressiveness, creativity, yeah. which, you know, as a Southeast Asian, it's like totally the opposite, mm -hmm. <laughs> where we were not really given that opportunity or privilege mm -hmm. to be able to explore. Mm -hmm. So um, do you feel like in any of the areas of, being a Filipino uniquely, that there is an added shame added yeah. to that, or yeah. that's unique to your community, especially here in San Diego? Yeah, so I, you know, ever since we were emailing mm -hmm. about this, um, in Tagalog, there's a term, hiya. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you've heard any mm -hmm. of the Filipinos. So I just know the food. <laughs> All I need to know is the food, right? Yeah, I think yeah, everybody yeah. can relate to that one. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a really powerful term, hiya, and hiya is one of the primary sort of cultural values. Mm -hmm. and, um, in Filipino culture and it it literally translates to shame mm -hmm. but that's not that's not enough <laughs> like, to, to explain it like there it when I think of hia I also relate it to another Filipino phrase which is utang na loob, which means like literally the debt of your heart like the mm -hmm. your inner debt to people like what you like not just materially owe them in terms of money or things like that but just like the profound like interconnectedness of each other. Yes. If, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and so hiya and utang nalo'ob usually tend to go together because I, I think as you were just saying, in Filipino culture, familial and community relationships are so important. Familial? Yeah. yeah family. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, it's it's not that you necessarily know yourself solely as an individual. You always know yourself as, oh, that's so-and-so's daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. so-and-so's sister or so-and-so's niece or et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? Um, and there's this sense of indebtedness to others because you, you, you could never – what you achieve is never just yours. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. Right? We had someone else speak a little bit briefly mm -hmm. about that as well, like reciprocity. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. like – 
what you do is never just a reflection of you. It is always a reflection of the community you come from mm -hmm. and, and the immediate family you're connected to, mm -hmm. right? So if you if you rise, you're gonna you're gonna bring them with you. Yes, right. But if you don't, if you fall or if you struggle, uh -huh. that's not just your own failure. That's also the failure of those yeah. around you. You know what I mean? So that that's that sense of Uthana Lib, that indebtedness. Like you would never be where you are unless it was for these people. But the flip side of that is, well. If, if, if you're not doing well, yes, then that's actually a poor, can be a poor reflection of where you come from, right? And mm -hmm. that's the sense of hia or shame that mm -hmm. you, you've not just let yourself down, you've let everyone else down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, and I think that that, that is both the strength and, and the like trauma <laughs> of being <laughs> Filipino because yeah. it's like, everyone is is rooting for you everyone's invested in you everyone wants you to do well and they're going to contribute as best as they possibly can but that's also a lot of pressure right yes, because yes. just as much as your success is their success your failure is also their failure right mm -hmm. and so that can tend to create a lot of burden a lot of trauma a lot of um like hiding yeah when you're not doing so well you know what I mean? So and what like, do you advise people so that yeah. they can better maneuver through that hat here in America yeah. where individualism is, yeah. you know, really what we're taught? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I talk to my students a lot about this because 49% um, of UCSD is Asian American. Yes. Um, and of course, a part of that population is Filipino. I think it's 7% mm -hmm. or 10%. But um, a lot of it for me is like educating students and giving them the language and the skills to be able to recognize the situation. Mm -hmm. Because again, for so many, we just internalize it, right? Yes. Like it's, it's just my fault. Like if I'm not getting straight A's or if I'm not succeeding at my pre-med major, if I'm not gonna be that doctor or that nurse, like I, I just suck, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I, I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is me talking about, well, do you even want to be a doctor? Like, mm -hmm. why are you feeling that pressure to be a doctor? And then we talk about, well, you know, mm -hmm. these are the expectations my family have. And like, and that's great that they're expecting that, but why are they expecting that in particular? And then we'll talk about that sort of longer history, mm -hmm. right? Of what has pushed or pulled Asians generally, but Filipinos particularly into yeah. the medical field. And we'll have a lot of conversation in terms of there's a reason really compelling reason historically that your parents have defined success as a pre-med major, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe your dad was a doctor and his degrees would allow him to immigrate in 72, mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's, that's real material evidence that being a doctor is good. You yeah. Know I mean? It's like your past to getting to America. Yeah, to immigration. And, but he's defining success because of his personal experience, mm -hmm. but that doesn't need to necessarily be your definition of success. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, how can I empower my students to be able to identify, right, these pressures that are on them and then be able to practice articulating their own reasoning and their own understanding and their own desires for their own paths with full recognition and respect from where your parents or your family may be coming from, but also knowing that, well, that's their, the path they've decided because of their own history, their own lived experience. But my history and my lived experience is very different. Yeah from yours, right? And so how can I identify that in like critical, comprehensive and respectful ways mm -hmm. um, so that it doesn't just become like, you suck, you're so mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, look, mom, I see where you're coming from, but my, our, my conditions are different, you yeah. know? 
like my options are different and like this is how I've thought about how they're different this is how I've thought about where I could go and what I could do mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah yeah so a lot of my work with students um it's really synthesizing the academic and the personal like mm-hmm. how can I help them be good students right like yeah good critical reading writing thinking skills but how could I also show them that those reading writing thinking skills can impact the way they understand their own identity their mm-hmm. own positionality how they communicate with their family and their community yeah and is there anything, I think we might just have time for one more question. Sure. Anything unique about, because um, there's a lot of mestizo yeah, people yeah. in the Filipino community. Mm-hmm. Anything particular to them in terms of um, an extra feeling of shame mm-hmm. or just extra barriers mm-hmm. to connecting with the community mm-hmm. at large? Because they're a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally, well. yeah no, I totally agree with that. That's so funny. I had a student yesterday who came and talked to me about that. <laughs> she, she's mixed and she was saying how she's always the whitest person yeah. in like her family spaces. And then she's always the brownest person, right. In her school spaces. Okay, and like, yeah. But that exacerbates her sense of like double consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm conscious of my myself in one way with mm-hmm. others and I'm really conscious of myself in another way with others. So I do think it adds another layer, right. To questions yeah. of identity because, you know, mixed race folk, are more complex because you look at them and you have this moment of like, what are you? You know what I mean? Like you want to try to identify them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and to me, one thing that that shows is, is again, like, like race is a construct. You know what I mean? Like, like we have all of these ideas we try to impose on a person, but when we can't actually identify them, we don't know how to relate, oh, to, relate okay. to them. So like, because I mean? we are the one that's putting them in a box. Yeah. Right? You know, like, like, and, and again, you know, there's all this theory that explains why that is, but, Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree that there's that extra complexity, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I may, well, no, I look Filipino, yeah. but I'm still struggling through my own identity, maybe internally, mm-hmm. right? But like, I could be read as, oh, okay, you're Filipino. Mm-hmm. But I can see how that could be even more complicated if I'm not only struggling with my identity internally, but everyone else is like, what are you? <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? Like trying to place you or trying to like... Um, for lack of a better phrase, stereotype you so that they know how to what to expect. Engage, yeah. yeah and so engage. it's almost like because people have expectations or we live in a world where yeah. there are just natural stereotypes mm-hmm. and we're trying to fit the mold of that, therefore there can be an added level of unmet expectation yeah. Yeah. both for ourselves, yeah. who's the person still living right. with yeah. it, trying to figure it out, as yeah. well as for the larger expectation in society of, yeah. okay, how do I place you into yeah. the world that I know and yeah. the framework that I live in? Yeah, so, no, totally. Yeah. And I think for me, that just shows that these these frameworks are, they're arbitrary, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, they come because of history. They come because of like questions of power or policy or law. And, yeah. so, and so for me, again, like my work as an educator is to look at the individual and these larger like mm-hmm. contexts, right? Yeah. Because it's neat, it's not one or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's both and they both are really complicatedly yeah. intertwined. So the best way I guess for us to wrap that up is just to say that, you know, we may not necessarily fit the mold of whatever people are always thinking. So yeah. the best way to engage is just al- allow them to share mm-hmm. freely. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of putting that expectation, or even asking the question of what are you? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. What's what's your ethnicity? Yeah, yeah. Right? Because sometimes it can be awkward yeah. or therefore it's like that uh, unspoken language of yeah. like now I'm defining who yeah. you are in my own mind yeah now I I know how I should relate to you allowing you to just really share no and I totally agree with that and I think (laughs) even like the what are you question is like oh I'm this but can I ask 
why do you ask? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like having that dialogue. I'm born in San Diego. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, having that dialogue or that conversation yeah. about like, well, what, what, what are the assumptions that we're bringing to you? Okay, well, I think that's our time. I know that you had a thank short little bit. So today. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really no appreciate it. And so I'm glad that you were able to take some time to really be able to engage with our audience here yeah, today. And if people do want to get in touch with you for the future, oh, yeah, and want sure. to learn more about the work that you yeah. do, where they where can they find you? So they can just send me an email. So a l s o l o m at ucsd.edu. Okay. So. Perfect. And you, you are here at UCSD yeah, as UC the Director of Cultural Dimensions of, of Culture, Culture Program. Program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank so that's you. it, everybody. This is Amanda Solomon and myself, Nancy. Thanks for joining us today. We are raising shame one story at a time. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of Erasing Shame. Please rate and review on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, and like on Facebook. Share with your friends and followers. Together, we are Erasing Shame, one story at a time. Get all the details at ErasingShame.com.